Hey friends, welcome back to the Truth and Gratitude Podcast. I am Brooke and you are joining me once again in my car. I wanted to hop on here and kind of let you know a couple tips that could probably or possibly help you. Um, It's something that kind of just um, became very evident for me last week. As you know, I am a teacher and, um, you know, teaching this day and age, my goodness, especially with everything going on, it is so wild and I'm stuck between a hard place. I'm stuck between, I firmly believe that these children need to be around their friends again. They need to be able to socialize. They need to be back in school. We want them to be back in school. We're excited for them to be back in school. But in the same sense, with everything going on, with them back in school, it brings about a whole new level of discomfort, a whole new level of stress, right? We're adding things onto our already forever long to-do list of things that have to be taken care of, including uh, very extensive protocols. Uh, you know, when it comes to cleaning and mask wearing and social distancing and online teaching, you know, I'm also teaching kids online as well, face to face. So it brings about a whole new level of stress. And last week with it being our first week of school, it was not even a full week. This will be our first full week of school, but it brought about a whole new level of stress. And my goodness, I feel like this is all I talk about here on the podcast. I don't want you guys to feel or think that, my goodness, that I never am not stressed. Um, But I think that we all could benefit from talking about this, right? So it brought about this whole new level of stress and anxiety. And I began to notice that I very quickly could go down this rabbit hole of just constantly griping or couldn't, couldn't keep myself from just going on and on and on and complaining and complaining and complaining. And, and I noticed that the more I would complain, the more that I would really just sit with how frustrated I was and if I would get together with other people and then we would start complaining together and then and then we would add more people to the group and all the frustrations and all their stress I noticed very quickly that I am a person who absorbs other people's stress I take it on I don't think I take it on as a way to fix it but I think that I am such a talker and a feeler that I take on other people's problems and issues and stress and anxiety because I want to understand where they're coming from. And I want them to know that, hey, you know what? Like, I totally get it. I understand what you're going through. And so therefore, I end up being even more stressed and anxious because now I am feeding off of other people's energy. And so I really caught myself just in this rabbit hole, just kind of like, in this place and I very quickly started noticing what stress and anxiety does to our physical bodies. We already know what it does to our mental bodies. We're like scatterbrained. We can't think straight and we're just negative things just spewing left and right out of our mouths and 
we get that, right? We know what stress and anxiety does to our soul. It really weighs us down. It makes us feel not as bright, not as uplifted. We feel dull. We're not really motivated to do really anything. But physically, physically what I began to feel was something that I had kind of felt like I got under control. I would say about a year ago, I really started dealing with this feeling of pressure on my chest. I mean, it literally felt like someone was physically putting their hand on my chest and pushing down. And sometimes it kind of felt like a poking sensation. Kind of felt like, you know, my chest was being poked a little bit. And I went through all this testing, all of these, you know, doctor's visits and come to find out we really couldn't put our finger on it. We thought it was a thyroid issue. Uh, I really wasn't. I kind of took some medicine for a little while, but didn't stay on it long enough. We thought it was acid reflux, which it could totally be. But my goodness, acid reflux is caused by also stress and anxiety. What you eat, yes, but definitely caused by stress and anxiety as well. So the acid reflux has come back. And my stomach has felt like it's a knot. This very nauseous feeling. And I started really noticing that when I got upset. My stomach would have this odd, painful nausea that would come on. Stressed us some weird things for our bodies. So all of this kind of came about. I experienced this about a year ago. And to be honest with you, it just kind of subsided. It just kind of stopped. Well, it came back. And it came back pretty strong. And I told my husband, you know, I'm starting to feel like like my stomach hurts. And I'm feeling that pressure on my chest again. And even over the weekend, I wasn't even at work. I could feel the residual effects of the stress. My chest felt sore still. And my stomach still ached a little bit. Even when I felt like I wasn't in a stressed out situation or in a stressful state. So it does horrible things to our bodies. And I recognize that. And my husband, I don't know if you saw where I put this on social media, but my husband pulled me aside and was like, Brooke, you have to get your shit together. You have come home now a few days in a row looking so defeated, so worn out, so not motivated. You don't look like you're excited about anything. And it was because I had forgotten what I'm sitting here preaching to you guys here on social media and on the podcast. I preached to you guys about ways that you can combat stress and anxiety, and I preached to you about not necessarily, you know, a positive mindset, but ways that we can really help ourselves out, especially when we get in this funk. But when it comes to me, I don't forget. I think that I just, I think I just have a hard time putting it to use, putting it into play. Don't we all? Don't we all have a hard time sticking to what we say? We do. And sometimes we need a daily pep talk to put ourselves in check, 
Sometimes we need a daily self audit to say, hey, where am I hurting? Where do I need help? Where do I need room for improvement? Where do I need to take some time for myself to really make sure that I'm doing what I say I'm going to do? My husband mentioned to me, you know what? You're coming home, you're irritated. And eventually, the people that you say you love and adore are going to start noticing that. It's going to start affecting them. And I've always said, I don't ever want that to be that way. I don't ever want my babies to take on and absorb the stress and anxiety of others, especially their mom. I'm not saying that they're going to think everything is rainbows and unicorn and sprinkles, right? But I for sure do not want them to see their mother in a constant worn down state. That's not fair to them. And it's not fair to myself. So he came to me and he said, you got to get yourself in check, Brooke. You got it. You got to figure something out. And I have three things for you. Three. Where maybe it might help you out. But my husband really served as my accountability partner and really helped me remember the things that I've been preaching. And these are the things that I've decided upon. Number one, do your best to stop the bitching. There is a difference between venting and bitching. And what that looks like is I think it's very important to have someone in your life, a good friend or a good coworker, that you can come to, that you can trust, that you can express how you feel. That's very healthy. It's very healthy to come to them and say, you know what? I'm going through a lot and I need you to hear me out on this one. But you also have on the other side where it just becomes to a certain point where all you are doing is just griping and griping and griping and you're not really looking for any solution. You're really just looking to just constantly drown in the negativity. You see, because it's very easy to find people who will gripe with you. It's very hard to find people who will stop you and will say, you know what? I hear I hear you're venting and I understand your problems, but let's find a solution. Finding a solution is too hard to do. I have a prime example of this. Last week, I my friend at work, uh, she was just trying to help me out. And I didn't want to see it. All I wanted to do was just continue griping about it because it was just easier. It's easier just to try to complain about what it is that I don't want to do. It's not, yes, and, and what I didn't want to do, it's something that I don't agree with. It's something I don't like. No one likes. But instead of trying to find a solution to just make it work, I just wanted to just continue on and on and on because it was just easier. My friend, on the other hand, was doing her best to try to just help me find a solution so that I could move forward. And I didn't want to hear it. So there is a difference. I think that we have to understand the difference between the two. And we have to understand at what point one becomes the other. And that is where we have to stop ourselves and say, you know what? 
I got to get myself together. So I decided, you know what? My friend at work, she's going to be the one that I come to. She is my accountability partner. And I have told her, hey, you know what? I am sorry. I am sorry that I just was going down the negative route. I need you to hear me out. I need to be able to trust you when I'm frustrated. But when it becomes to the point where I'm just not stopping and I just continue complaining, you need to put me in check. Because right there, where I continue to just spiral and spiral and spiral into the negative, it's very hard to pull yourself out of it. Very hard. Number two, the second thing that I decided was that when I arrived to work, the first thing that I was going to do was not pull out my to-do list and go. Hit the day running. That was not what I was going to do. The first thing that I was going to do was I was going to pause. Pause. And this is a very odd way to think or just a different way to think because usually as soon as we get to work, we're ready to be productive, we're ready to go, let's let's move it, let's get stuff done. But what I'm asking you to do is as soon as you get to work, find a moment to pause, to breathe, to stretch, do some yoga. If you have at least five or 10 minutes, write down your daily gratitudes, have a moment to yourself because as a mother, I can tell you right now in the mornings, I have a very hard time getting up any earlier than my children do. And I'm taught now I do, but that time is what it's typically used for getting ready. So if I want to add any additional time to that, to have time to myself to journal or work out or any of those other things that I'm getting up at the butt crack of dawn. So instead of me hitting the ground running and marking off my to-do list, I am deciding, you know what? Nope, these first 10 minutes are going to be for me. I've made it here safely to work. My, my children are where they're supposed to be. Everything's fine. I am taking 10 minutes to myself. Instead of going into my coworker's room and talking for 10 to 20 minutes, I'm using this 10 minutes to myself. Instead of me jumping straight into all of the things that I have to do, I am taking 10 minutes to myself. If you don't work, if you stay at home, take at least 10 minutes before you start your day. Sometimes I've told you, you know, get up an hour earlier. If you can do that, glorious. But take 10 minutes to yourself before you hit the ground running. You need to hit the ground and pause is what needs to happen. And I actually did this, started it, and it really did change my perspective. I was able to do some yoga, have my coffee, and yes, I did yoga in my classroom. <laughs> I, you know, had my coffee, had a moment to turn on my music. I had time to really do a self-audit and figure out what do I need? What do I want for today? I'm going to gift this to myself because I deserve it and I will be in a better state and in much better mental health when I do. Lastly, number three, my husband very gently reminded me of something that I used to do a while back. And it was, I kept this journal whenever I woke up in the mornings and I actually did take time to myself. I wrote down five things that I was grateful for and I wrote down my I am statements. 
some of these I am statements were goals that I wanted to achieve. Like I will have a podcast someday. I will have published two books someday. And what's really amazing is honestly, those things that I said that I will do when we write it, when we write our goals down as something that has already happened, Rachel Hollis explains that when we go ahead and we write it down as if it's already happened, our brain kind of freaks out for a minute. And it's like, oh, this says that not that she wants to publish two books, not that she wants to have a podcast, because that's very, our brain looks at that and is very lazily like, okay, we'll work towards it if we time, if we have time. But when we write down, I have a podcast, I have published two journals, I have become a motivational speaker. When we write down those things over and over and over, when we write our goals down as if they've already happened, our brain does a little freak out. It's like, oh, this actually hasn't happened yet. We've got to figure out how to make this happen. We got to get this done. And guys, I'm like honestly bewildered right now as I tell you guys this because the things that I wrote down, I mean, they've happened. I've had a blog. I have a podcast. I have published two journals. I am going to be a motivational speaker. But the I am statements, I'm not talking about goals right now. What my husband was trying to remind me of was, what are your I am statements that can power you through this funk? What can help power you through this time and remind you of who you are, the part of you that never changes. There are parts of us at our core that will never, ever change, no matter how bad of a mood we're in. I am an exceptional mother. I am worthy and loved and love. I'm loved and I am love. I am here for a calling that is much greater than I can imagine. I am willing to do whatever it takes. I am strong. I am brave. What are your I am statements that are going to power you through, power you through this hard time? If you can remember those, if you can chant those, if you can say those in a moment of absolute just stress and and, and a moment of anxiety, maybe that can help push you through that. I hope that these helped. I will tell you that I put these to play for the first time last week and my day felt so much better. I'm not going to say that the pressure for my chest or the, the knots in my stomach immediately were resolved because they worked. But in my mental state, I came home feeling a little bit more refreshed. I came home with a smile on my face. And, and, and willing to participate in, in, in conversation and in play with my kids. It put me in a much better mental state. And that, my friends, is the most valuable thing that we have to take care of right now. During this crazy time, we have to take care of our mental state. Because I'm telling you right now, this craziness of 2020 is putting us and putting many people in a horrible mental state. 
if our mental health is not taken care of, then everything else is a waste. We have to take care of our minds because it greatly affects our spirit, our soul, and ultimately our bodies. And if you don't believe that, listen to what I'm saying. My mental health was not the best. And ultimately, I physically started having consequences because of it. Our mental health is so beyond important. I hope that you will continue to check in for all Truth and Gratitude podcasts and content. I wish you guys the best. Continue to be raw, be authentic, and be you.